Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're answering your listener questions. Welcome back from the weekend, everybody. Glad you are joining us here on How to Money. <laughs> you Mr. Rogers now? That's not how we... Yeah, that's what it sounds like, right? <laughs> now, this is an Ask How to Money episode. We're answering listener questions. Uh, a listener is choosing between investing and saving up for a down payment. Which one should he do? Oh. Another listener, she's looking for a retirement calculator, specifically one that will take into account variable income. Good news, we found one for her. It might be the only one in existence. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and then uh, a small business owner out there, he is looking for the absolute best business checking account. And we've also found that, the one that is paying the best rate. So we're going to... Also head and shoulders above the rest. Easily. Yeah. yeah we're going to share our answers there, and we're going to get to a couple other topics during this episode, buddy. Yeah. Looking right. forward to this one. Can I share something personal before we begin? Uh, it depends. Does it have to do with a skin rash? You, I was going to say, can you take, <laughs> take a look at this rash? Uh, no, this is not quite that personal. But I was good. <laughs> recently, I was booking a couple nights at a hotel for our family um, that we're going to we're gonna stay in Florida for a couple nights over Christmas break. Nice. And I was like, wait a second, let me get, let me check Priceline. I'm checking all the places to see where the best price is. And then I, I'm like, like a good How to Money podcast That's host. right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, this is what I have to do, but also what I enjoy doing. Whether or not you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. But I want to save the money, right? I want to get the lowest price possible. That is kind of core to my identity and what I'm into. But uh, so I was looking around on the internet, found that the best price that I could find at least was on Priceline. And then I noticed, wait a second, this is a Hilton hotel. I've heard of this Hilton price match guarantee. Let me see what this is all about. Okay. Oh, Hilton basically says, hey, if you found a better price elsewhere, we will not only match it, we'll beat it by 
25%. And I was like, Whoa, uh, that's a significant savings. I like it. Let me let me hop on the hop on the phone here and see what they can do. So I talked to someone over at Hilton and they said, what, what, what are you looking at? You know, they have to run through the rigmarole. Where are you finding this price? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, and basically what it comes down to is they say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't see that price or we're not, we're probably not able to match this thing. And I'm like, why? And one of the things that came down to, I ended up talking Seems to, like a false promise. Yeah. I ended up talking to someone else uh, at the Hilton Price Match Guarantee headquarters later on. And they were like, well, you know, actually this one has a five that you're looking at on Priceline. You can cancel, uh, you have five nights to cancel. Ours, you only have one night to cancel. So because they're not apples to apples, we're not going to match the price. And I was like, <laughs> because be- our offering is actually inferior to exactly. what it is that you found. We're yeah. also not able to, to match That's the price. That's what was frustrating to me. That's I was like, that pretty ridiculous. To, to, on a, on a uh, technicality like that, to not match the price and to not honor that guarantee was pretty frustrating. I did finally convince them <laughs> to honor that. Okay, because nice. I, because I can be convincing well, that. But Okay, did you had you booked it on Priceline or you just found the price? No, I just found the price. Oh, okay. Yeah, because nice. with, with Priceline, sometimes, depending on how you book it, it might be non-refundable completely. It might be refundable if you, you typically pay more for the refundable okay, yeah, bookings. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, no, I did end up getting the, this, the discount, but it's one of those things where you kind of have to push for it because... Uh, at yeah. least in in my encounter with Hilton, they did not want to honor what they had. And they have these hoops that you need to jump through in order to ensure that that rate you're seeing elsewhere is matchable. Uh, most of the time, they don't want to match folks like Priceline, I guess, because they usually have better prices. True. Yeah. So it makes me think of sort of like the hidden benefits that we, we've called them hidden benefits before. Or they often not used benefits when, when it comes to credit cards. There are all these different features that they have but it does oftentimes take you uh taking a few extra steps jumping through a couple hoops in order to take full advantage of those they like to advertise them but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make it easy so like there's a psychological component as well that you where you have to steal yourself and say (laughs) am i willing to engage at this level in order to take advantage of that they want to make it sound sound great on the commercials and then when it comes to you yeah it's a talking exactly it's a talking point as opposed to something that they're more than willing to provide you as opposed to the awesome retailers out there like i guess i'm thinking of retailers in particular where there's like zero questions asked right. as far as what it is that they're willing to accept as a return you return something at costco and nobody bats an eye no they're just know? like uh why didn't you like it and they just like look through the box make yeah. sure it's actually in there and then you just yeah give you your money back that's right I, well, so glad you got your uh, your discount so did they beat it by 25 percent? they did oh nice so i ended up saving more than 100 bucks oh, on dude, those two great. nights and so yeah big big savings i'm glad i pushed uh but it's also one of those things i just want to let people know it's nice that it exists but you also have to add advocate for yourself and you might have to i didn't actually have to actually ask to speak to a manager but i was about to be like can i speak to a manager because this feels like really uncool mm-hmm. um but they ended up doing it and i didn't even have to be like do you know who i am <laughs> which is what i which is what i usually pull so. yeah, you know, pull, immediately pull out the, <laughs> the big guns and like no never didn't heard, immediately go to the nuclear option never heard of that quaint little podcast actually oh, so yeah and uh, it's good to point out interesting to point out too that how you booked a hotel not an airbnb mm. that's a topic for another, another day that's yeah. another conversation I, I, I like both. Yeah. Equal opportunity just depends on where hotels, I'm going. And hotels don't get enough love. What I'm trying to accomplish. But uh, Matt, let's let's uh, mention the beer we're having on this episode. This one's called Green Flowers. It's by Other Half Brewing. It's a West Coast IPA. And uh, big thanks to Jason for sending this one our way. We'll give give our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode. Yeah, man. A double dry hopped West Coast IPA. I mean, a unique style. By the way. Yeah. yeah, that's not a typical, typical beer I've had. But I'm excited for this one. Yeah, we'll share our thoughts at the end. And of course, this is an Ask How to Money episode, so you can send us your query if you have a question for us uh, record a voice memo send it over to us at howtomoneypod at gmail.com it's incredibly easy 
And plus, it's just fun to hear other folks' voices here mm-hmm. on the podcast. I'm sure folks get tired of hearing you and me just <laughs> banter back and forth. Yeah. So if you've got a money question, please, please do send it our way. We love hearing from you. We love the weirder, the better. Featuring your questions well. on the podcast. So, Matt, but let's get to our first one for this episode. This one is specifically about finding the right business bank account. Hey, Joel and Matt, this is Mike from Durham, North Carolina, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now, and um, I have a a high yield personal savings account for emergency purposes. uh, And I've opened that with CIT about seven months ago. I have about $60,000 in that account used for emergencies, rainy day, things like that. But I'm also a small business owner, and I own my own dental practice, which is held in an S-Corp. I have cash on hand within my business checking account as well, which, uh, again, I use for business emergencies and or uh, rainy day funds. That cash balance is uh, fairly significant. It's usually sitting at around $150,000. I have um, all the money gears covered. And so I'd like to funnel this cash into a business version of a high-yield savings account as well. And since I've been with CIT on the personal side, I've learned that uh, CIT does not have uh, a business version of that product. And so my question to you is, is can you recommend some top business versions of high-yield savings account for this same purpose? Um, Love all that you guys do. Really appreciate the work you do. Really enjoy uh, listening to your podcast. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to your guidance. Take care. All right, Mike, way to pounce on that CIT account. He's got that high yield savings account. Now he's looking for the business equivalent. Yeah, and you, I mean, you and I have we've been talking about CIT oh, for yeah. a long time, and and that's largely because Mike has proven the fact that he <laughs> does listen to our show. Yeah, <laughs> and and there are other great high yield savings accounts, but even our other favorites, well, they're just they're just not quite up to CIT's level when it comes to the interest rate that they're paying. CIT is more than five percent right now, mm-hmm. and uh, even even the other great ones are in the yeah, four point three, four point four point four range, which so. isn't bad. But five five percent on sixty thousand dollars that's pretty massive and of course he's got a whole lot more there in that business account which makes sense rather more overhead i'm sure when it comes to running a business like that more folks on payroll you got to pay rent but yeah cit they do not have a similar account for business owners out there i wish they did because i feel like what it is that they do we can totally get behind but that being said we'll kind of get to this the the grand finale the the grand reveal later on but i think we have found something that might actually be better for business than what CIT is offering for personal use because yeah. CIT is great, but uh, we're kind of impressed at another offering. Yeah, we'll share it here in like in just a second, ninety we'll, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. That's partly because though for so long that the business bank account offerings have been so paltry. Like there wasn't really a good answer for a long time. Oh, no. The the fees were high, the interest rate was low, the features were were poor to minimal. There was just not much competition. There's there like in space. zero interest rate. Right. I mean, literally nobody was offering anything. Like if you weren't paying through the nose for in order to maintain a business checking account then that was a win yeah the first hurdle was no fees exactly so like it was was no fees and mobile check deposit yeah 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 and you're (laughs) like if i can just get those two things that's plenty good enough because nobody's offering anything better but there has steadily been improvement in the space there's been there's been more and more decent 
business banking options coming online. And so that that's good news for anybody who has a business who's looking for mm-hmm. improved features, fewer fees, fewer monthly fees, and then a higher interest uh, on their savings as well. And the truth is not every small business has a ton of money in their bank account, right? Mike is certainly uh, has yeah. a small business that requires more overhead where he's got to have more cash on hand. But then there are other small businesses where you know, they might have five, eight, $10,000 maybe in their business account, most of their money stays in personal accounts as they pay themselves every single month or whatever. So Mike has an even bigger reason, I think, to pursue oh, yeah. a great business bank account. Yeah, I think one of the other benefits or side effects of business accounts becoming more accessible is the fact that I think more folks are going to start businesses, right? Yeah. Like if you've got... Because before, like, imagine the old days where, oh, you've got to go into an actual brick and mortar in order to open an account. Like, literally, that the first business checking account I opened, I had to do that. Yeah. Luckily, it was like a, f- a couple years later that I was able to then open a far superior online. Man, actually had to take business checking horse drawn carriage to the brick and mortar <laughs> in order to open that business. It was ridiculous, account. but it seemed like such even at that point in time. This is like a little over a little over fifteen years ago, but it felt like such an antiquated process that I had to go to. So I'm certainly happy to see that the general industry, you know, the general space, the landscape, I guess, is improving. Matt, what was it like living in Little House on the Prairie Times? (laughs) It was glorious before (laughs) social media existed. (laughs) But first, let's mention, you know, I already teased to like the the best option. Let's mention a couple of some of the better uh, business accounts that are out there. And specifically, I got to give a little shout out to Axos because they do a good job and they were actually... When I moved from that traditional brick and mortar business checking, Axos was uh, where Kate and I had our photography company's and business checking wasn't through. It, wasn't it originally called Bank of Internet? Oh my gosh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Which but yes. always to me sounded like a scam. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you just unearthed a part of my brain that I had just <laughs> yeah completely kicked off to the recesses yeah, and wasn't planning dormant, to resurface. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally right. But Axos currently, they've got this partnership with Nationwide. It seems like they're paying some customers 4%, but you actually have to Google it. It's, you can't find it <laughs> by navigating on their site, so that's kind of weird. Uh, so I'm not even sure if that's actually, I don't know. A, I don't know if that's for still everyone. an offering anymore. Yeah. Uh, but American Express, they have a solid business checking product as well. If you're kind of into them and what it is that they offer, maybe you've already got an Amex business card, I don't know. But they pay 1.3%. They essentially have no fees. And then you've got some of the newer players. You've got like Bluevine, you've got Novo. They're like the younger, sexier attempts at creating a helpful <laughs> business banking product. Those are totally legit. They're fine. They're worth looking into. But all of these solid options fall short of what is clearly the best business banking product in existence right now. And Joel, I'll give you the honors. Okay. All right. I'll do it. Yeah. No, it's amazing. As the the deeper we dove into this, Matt, the the more clearly one bank account for for businesses stood out as like far superior to the rest. It's uh, it's almost like putting Shaquille O'Neal in a room with like normal people. You're like, you point them out pretty easily, right? And and it's Lily. The the bank's called Lily. L-I-L-I. And they're- You sure it's not Lily? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) No, it's Lily. I don't know what they're pronouncing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is Lily. Uh, but, But they're tops in our books will tell you why they have a combo of a ridiculously high rate um, on money that you have in savings alongside a bunch of other features a lot of bells and whistles that could make running your business significantly easier Uh, you might be able to kick an expensive bill pay software to the curb because your fancy new bank account at lilly has a lot of that functionality built in and uh, this is mike i think what's going to help you out the most what's going to be most thrilling to you what are they paying in terms of interest rate 4.15%. 4.15%. Booyah! Yeah, so while these other uh, business <laughs> bank accounts, they're dabbling, they're saying, oh yeah, we'll pay uh, 1%, maybe a little over 1%, and we got a couple of features. Well, Lily says, no, 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 no. We're going to go 
at least in the realm of what uh, people are getting paid for just regular consumer accounts. So it's you, you get that 4.15% rate if you sign up for the Lily Pro plan. And this is the only catch. Only catch. Mm-hmm. You have to pay a $9 a month fee in order to get that higher rate. But the, the thing is, you get that rate on any amount in that account up to $100,000. So when you're talking about making $4,100 uh, a year mm-hmm. in interest versus the much inferior rate of interest you get in another business bank account yeah they you, you can handle the hundred bucks a month in in fee you have to pay to lily hundred bucks a year not, yeah not not a month oh yeah sorry a hundred bucks a year <laughs> hundred a hundred a month would be slightly that'd be that would change the dynamic like wait what yeah hundred bucks a year that would change it yeah uh, but so hundred hundred bucks a year to lily in order to get that much increased rate of earnings which yeah. especially for how much money you have mike in your oh, account yeah. it makes tons of sense yeah well and, and not to mention too that like they've got some additional features on there as yeah. well some additional functionality that might make it more appealing and, and i dug into it some more i don't think like if you've if you're a small business owner and you've already found yourself in need of accounting software or invoice software if you find yourself in that position i don't think it would make sense for you to kick that to the curb and to then move to lily because i think there's more functionality there's more it's just you know like fresh books yeah. or uh, quickbooks it's a more professional offering but especially if you are a solopreneur or especially if you are just getting started and you don't have anything i think this could be an awesome path forward for you to start getting a little more organized when it comes to your business books. And again, even aside from that, the fact that they are paying such a high rate, yeah. as long as you keep like a few thousand dollars in there, it's more. It's going to more than pay for itself. Yeah, you're going to more than make up for the monthly fee. And I think that's probably a natural question that a lot of people would have who've listened to us for a number of t- for a number of years. They might say, "But Matt and Joel hate monthly fees. Why, why would they be recommending this bank account that has this nine dollar a month monthly fee? Isn't there a free option out there that's got something has similar offerings?" And the truth is, no, there's not. And like we always talk about credit cards with annual fees, we're not against that's exactly the, what I was about. We're to not say. against the annual fee as long Blue as Cash American Express Preferred. That's right. That's a ninety five dollar a year annual fee. Guess what? I'm more than happy to pay that because I'm more than make up that difference every single year when it comes to the 6% that I'm getting back in groceries. Or the same thing's true with the Chase Sapphire Preferred. The $95 annual fee yes. easily makes up for itself based on all of the the benefits that you get with that card. You got to think about the trade-offs with that stuff. So a $9 fee, given all the other things Lily's bringing to the table, it, it's kind of a no-brainer for most folks to do their business banking there, we'd say. Well, specifically, too, what it means, like literally, it's just like $3,000. As long as you maintain a balance of $3,000 a month, you're going to out earn that nine dollar a month yeah fee. exactly and so just to mention some of those other features by the way and it, this sounds like an ad for lily we promise it's not like we this is just truly <laughs> the, the best uh bank they, they don't even have an affiliate program no yeah so this is the best <laughs> thing we found in this space and we're just honest truth here uh but they have like bookkeeping abilities financial report abilities pre-filled business tax form abilities there are all these other benefits you can get and you can actually move up and pay for more expensive tiers of lily which might or might not be necessary kind of depending on your business and how your business functions i mean so much really depends on on what you're looking for what your business looks like how much cash you stash in your savings um and whether or not lily is going to it's going to make sense to jump ship where you currently are to head to lily or not and we were so convinced as well that what had an open an account for uh, the Poor Not Poor LLC. There we go. So we might be, I figured with us going to 2024, it might be a good time to kind of transition. Okay, so we haven't even shared who, like we have been with Capital One and they've been fine, but it's only because we have been grandfathered into an old business checking account that they used to offer where they don't charge any fees. But you have to maintain certain minimums as well at this point. Uh, otherwise, you do have to pay monthly or annual fees or whatever. Um, but you know what? Regardless, 
they're not paying anything when it comes to the money that we do keep yeah. in uh, our business checking. Yeah, and, and it's, again, not that Capital One's like a bad business bank. No, account. they're great. Like, they're one of the better ones, but... <laughs> they don't have to offer competitive rates, yeah. though, because of the name recognition. That's right. And, and they, That's they what have, it comes down to. They've got a great online consumer bank, too, like that I've been... I've had my account there for a lot, lot, lot of years. So no hate uh, on them, but it is, it is just, I mean, the, the, the Lily offering, they've been around for a few years now. They're just vastly doing something vastly superior to what all the other guys are doing. I think they've been around since 2018. And that might be something else that folks ask is they're thinking, well, are they legit? Obviously this is like a FinTech company. They're not an actual bank, but they're backed by a bank that is FDIC insured. So you don't have to worry about that again, so much so that we're looking into moving our money over there as well when it comes to our business checking here at the podcast. But uh, Joel, we've got more to get to during this episode, including a listener is asking about the best way to go about screening tenants. Uh, They've got a little investment property that they're looking to make sure is running smoothly. We'll get to that plus more right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop Mm -hmm. they were fresh out of the oven they had that perfectly flaky crust but guess what that serendipitous experience would never had happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel we had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town thanks to airbnb oh man i'm still dreaming about those meat pies you're making my (laughs) you're making me drool and while turning to airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
All right, Matt, let's keep taking listener questions. We've got more to get to on this episode. And our next question comes from a listener who wants to know, uh, who's, who's got, you know, wants to put on those nerdy glasses and do some calculations. Hi, guys. This is Amy from Connecticut. And I'm wondering if you know of a retirement calculator that allows me to adjust my savings amount each year. All the calculators I'm seeing online have an income and then they you put in the percentage that you save and it stays you know, constant or increases steadily. But my situation varies widely each year. And so I would like a calculator where I could put in a really high amount for one year and then a lower amount for other years. Does this exist? That's it. That's my question. Thank you so much. All right. Amy is a woman after my own heart wanting to dive into the numbers to get a little granular with it and specifically the ability to tweak her income I every feel like single year. If you couldn't find one, though, you would probably make one. <laughs> you would just be like, no calculator you exists. Know, it's funny because early on when we started I'll the podcast, code. <laughs> we, yes, we, there were certain things that we were wanting to be able to provide listeners and we kind of had to decide whether we were going to become like the next nerd wallet and have all these like fancy schmancy uh, calculators or if we're going to create a podcast where yeah. you and I get to hey, let's be honest sitting down talking about money having beers that's a lot more fun than coding <laughs> calculators. sitting down and, and creating calculators and algorithms and all the more I guess data heavy number crunching kind of software that's out there but this is a fun question Amy uh, and the truth is there truly isn't a shortage of financial calculators that are out there and what you opt for it's going to depend on just the complexity of your situation, what you're trying to project, how nerdy it is that you want to get. But on most of these calculators, there is going to be an input for your annual salary. And they base most of their projections on that specific number because that influences how much you're going to contribute to retirement and therefore how much you are likely to have down the road. But it's a massive limiting factor uh, for those who have a variable income yeah. like us, Joel, you and I, we got variable incomes. Uh, but e honestly, even for folks who don't have a variable income, the projections can be helpful. It's, they're kind of like a nice wake up call. Honestly, it's the ability to look ahead a little bit and to realize, oh, this is what it's going to take. It's, it makes me think of the face app. Remember, oh, this yeah. is something we've talked about before, but it anchors your current present reality to the future reality of like what will happen at some point you will get old. We've done this before, but maybe I'll share the picture of you Old Joel and old Matt <laughs> hanging out. I think we're at Lidl. Where we, where we snapped, <laughs> that sounds right. We snapped that photo. But these projections in these calculators, even though they're limited, I think they can help provide folks with just a rough idea, at least. It gets yes. you in the ballpark and it can help you to realize, oh, maybe some of the spending that I'm incurring at the moment isn't aligning with the future reality that I want to see myself in. Well, and let's be honest, too. Even though you have a variable income, it's really hard to project what your variable income is going to be in upcoming years. So even if that feature exists, which it kind of sort of does in a calculator that we'll talk about here in a second, you're going to have a hard time knowing, well, how much am I going to make next year? Like projecting yep. your income from year to year when you know that it varies is kind of hard, hard to do. So so I think that's why most calculators don't allow for something like this because they're like, who's actually going to do that? Who's going to say, I'm going to make 100K this year, but I'm going to make 50K next, next year. Or next year, I'm going to make 95. Yeah, and then 70. Like <laughs> most people's income doesn't vary that widely. Um, and even if it does, it's hard to know 
<laughs> that in advance, sure. right? And so uh, one of the more popular calculators out there, by the way, personal finance calculators, is called Net Worthify. We'll link to we'll link to all these in the show notes. But this has a when can I retire calculator that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's taking a similar tact as as some of those other calculators across the internet. But hopefully, uh, even given your variable income status, you can kind of like Matt was saying, come up with a number that's kind of an average annual salary in order to create a reasonably accurate projection. That's kind of the goal we're going for here. We're going for ballpark. We're not going for specificity because it's not. It's just not 100% necessary. I mean, I get the desire for that, <laughs> to get, but mm-hmm. there are just too many variables. It's not like a life insurance policy that you can count on 100%. Right. It's like, okay, this is roughly what we can expect. Because that's the other thing. Even if you're basing it, your your annual returns in the stock market based on what's happened, let's say, over the last 80, 90, 100 years, that has the potential to be in excess of what actual returns are over the next 10, 15, 20 years. You, you, we, just, we just don't know. Dude, that's the thing. It's not only the income that's unknown. It's not only your, your expenses that are unknown. It's also the, re- the rate of return that you're going to experience yeah. in the market. There are so many variables at stake uh, or at play here that it's tough to truly know. But I, You shift that up or down by 1% and guess it what? It makes a big difference. <laughs> a big difference. But that being said, I do think Networthify specifically, for me, that was one that kind of opened my eyes to help me to see, oh, this is what's possible. This is clearly what's not possible. But I think it can help folks, even if you're not wanting to pay for something fancy or have to link your accounts. That's what's great about Networthify. But you can enter all your numbers in there and just get a simple snapshot as opposed to signing up for a whole service. Because let's be honest, a lot of folks are looking to decrease the number of additional accounts that you're opening in your name. True. All right. So I got to announce the best bank account for small businesses. But Matt... How about you do the reveal on right. maybe our favorite <laughs> retirement calculator that goes a little bit above and beyond what most of these other semi-basic calculators on the internet do? Sure. Okay, so it's called Projection Lab. Uh, this is a calculator that should've was... should've done a drum roll there. I yeah, that's fine. That's we my can... bad. Fix it in post. <laughs> uh, but this was uh, a calculator software that was actually created by an individual, not a company, which is kind of cool. And specifically, it looks like this calculator, it has the income variability input that you are looking for, Amy. And so as you're creating a new budget, a new plan, you can enter in your current salary. And then you can either have uh, your income increase to track inflation or you can click advanced, and this is this is where you get nerdy with it. <laughs> you can raise or lower your income in future years. Uh, so that functionality that you're looking for, it, it might be best implemented in this very cool projection lab calculator. Yeah. Like even as something when you and you're projecting retirement costs, and the standard uh, calculator will say, well, we'll track uh, healthcare expenses. And, and maybe mirror them to inflation or inflation plus 2% or something like that. Well, if you believe that healthcare is going to cost, is going to go up faster than the rate that Projection Lab says as their standard, you can go in there and you can you can edit that too. You can tweak it. So it's really cool, the functionality and the ability to manipulate all these little data points to get a more accurate picture, at least according to your estimates. Projection Lab is like one of the neatest uh, calculators out there on the internet if you just want to like fiddle around with financial mm-hmm. stuff and get more insight. And even the free version, by the way, is really helpful, right? So this is freemium business model, Matt. But the the free version isn't going to save your data. That's kind of a problem. So you're going to have to like, to like revisit yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah. If you want to go there once projections. and just like uh, tool around, mess around, you can totally do that. Not save your data, and it's free. Uh, but if you want to be able to log back in, see stuff, edit stuff based on all the work you previously done, that's when you're going to have to pay for the premium features. It's nine dollars a month or one hundred eight dollars a year, and so you can then get super extra nerdy wonky with the stuff you're tracking and projecting uh, the other parts that we like are that you can identify and work to fund specific goals right you can even project tax estimations 
if, if you have to pay for the paid version and not just for the us like what if i move to thailand or canada or something like that or uh portugal which is like the hot spot these days Th this is a really interesting calculator that has a ton of functionality and it's it's the coolest one we've found so amy i don't know if it's actually going to meet all of your needs or exactly what you're looking for but i it think sounds like this is what she's looking for i though. think this yeah. is probably what you're looking for it's <laughs> it's at least the, in the ballpark it's a better version uh the better version than anything else we've seen on on the internet yeah and what's up with everybody charging nine dollars per month by the way i guess they're wanting to get it to that maximum amount <laughs> yeah. before you hit two digits maybe that's the case that's right but depending on who you are this could make a whole lot of sense for you it could be worth it uh joe let's get to our next question this has to do with becoming a landlord how to do that effectively Hey, what's up, Matt and Joel? This is Joe from Atlanta, Georgia. My wife and I are about to have our very first baby, and we are about to move to our third house. We've had a plan to slowly build a very small real estate empire by buying homes to live in and then rent it out and start over again. That way we get better interest rates on the homes, we get to know the homes, and we can build up real estate cash flow slowly over time in tandem with our stock market baskets. In our first home, we have had a great tenant who is responsible and also an awesome friend, and she just so happened to need a home right when we were moving out, so everything was super easy. For our current home, though, we were moving out of, we are curious if we will have as easy as a, of a time finding a tenant. What are some of your favorite ways to find and screen tenants for a rental home? By the way, this is a three bed, two bath. Thanks so much, and we look forward to your answer. Oh, man, this is, this is right in our wheelhouse, you and me. For as multiple reasons. Mom and pop landlords uh -huh. here. Yeah, and, and, and well, what I just want to say, this is uh, our friend, Joe. He lives not too far away. Yeah. We actually were not friends until the podcast, but Joe's <laughs> been listening to the podcast. He's been to multiple multiple How to Money uh, meetups. He, him and Holly, didn't they come out to like the very first How to Money they sure thing did. at the garage, yeah. Monday Night Garage? Good, good folks. So um, we're so stoked for them having, having he, a baby. He played it and, all anonymous. Like, right. hey, guys, <laughs> you know, but Joe, we appreciate you. Yeah, he goes way back. It, uh, <laughs> so thank you for this question joe and and we also um we might be biased right because this is, this is i don't know this is a route we took this is a route i took matt yeah but the, we love this path to slowly building up a rental property portfolio it's the it's essentially the chad carson philosophy of small and mighty right where it's like who needs 150 units uh to be a great real estate investor just a few you know between somewhere south of 10 can be ideal for a lot of people when it comes to real estate investing no need to overdo it and and joe he mentioned some of the perks of going this route it's the most accessible way for for a whole lot of folks to get into the rental property game and if the home that they currently own if it makes sense as a rental and they're looking to increase their square footage too then this is i think uh kind of a, a slam dunk move like save up the totally. money buy that slightly bigger house if you, as your family expands you know make sure that you're taking that money out of savings for that next down payment hold on to the old one if it's got good financing right and if it does if the numbers make sense from a cash flow perspective and keep slowly building yeah and if that's something that you want to take on right, right? like that's another thing like a friend of ours they recently sold a house and i remember talking to him being like don't you want to hang on to that thing it would make a killer it was like a perfect i think it was a three two not unlike joe's house and in a part of town that's going to see a lot of growth uh-huh and ultimately, it came down to the fact that he just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. For him, it's more like a part-time job. It is. It's sticking it's money not, in your 401k. It's not purely passive income. And if you don't want to do it, it's going to become a hassle for you, as opposed to if it's something that you want to do, well, all of a sudden, 
you look at it completely differently. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you see it as an opportunity, not something that's just gonna gonna bog you down. But Joe specifically, it sounds like they're moving close by because they love the area. That's also awesome because that's gonna allow you to self-manage pretty easily. You know the property well, but you're still in the neighborhood to check on it, which is totally the cost-effective <laughs> way of going yeah. about things. Man, I used to literally throw the lawnmower in the back of my Nissan Leaf <laughs> and I would go Same, mow the lawn. Man. Yeah, so because it, it also I, didn't take too long before that. That got pretty old. <laughs> yeah. So I did it for a while, uh, for a couple of years, and then it was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. But that's the cool thing about investing locally and investing via a home that you already own is like, you know, some of those quirks, you're, you, you're close by, you can be a little more involved, at least in the beginning as you're learning the ropes, which yeah. I think like actually goes a long way towards being an effective real estate investor over the long haul. Sure. And and again, he's got the right size home yeah. as well, right? Because if it was a, like a massive home, then all of a sudden the numbers don't work out as much. You're excluding a lot of the, like your potential tenant uh, renter pool. Right. Same thing if it's too small, right? Because like if it's just a one, one, it's like, all right, well, a lot of folks want maybe a couple rooms. Yeah. Like they, they want the home office kind of thing. And so if it's Jay's eight, got the Goldilocks. Yeah. Speaking of gold. <laughs> Three, two, where it's just right. If it's like the eight, five and a half with gold toilets, <laughs> you know, that's, that's too much too. That's probably better just to sell that house. It doesn't make a good rental most of the time. And so, and, and he mentioned, he asked the question, like, am I going to have trouble doing this? Cause I've rented out to a friend in the past. Am I going to have trouble finding tenants? I would say that depends on the specific location, but probably not if you list it well, right? If you take great pictures and you price it correctly. The, and by the way, the when you list that property for rent matters too. At the springtime, that February, March, April timeline is typically the best time to rent that puppy out. And a friendly approach in how you describe your home, that can help people see the potential, see past just the pictures, even if those pictures are good, right? And uh, given the entrance of Wall Street firms, especially in Atlanta, by the way, when you look at the stats. Which is where Joe is. Which is, yeah, yeah here in Atlanta. Right around the corner from us. It, it, given their entrance into the single family home rental space, that human touch goes a long, a long way. I was talking to a friend recently, Matt, and she was like, we're looking to move just in town, but somewhere else. But all of these like impersonal Wall Street firms are listing these homes, and I'm just not interested in running from them. And so she's not even applying to live in homes, even if they look cute in the place where she wants to live. And I think if you as a landlord, you can capitalize on that, right? Talk about the nearby amenities, the walkability, the cool restaurants, the schools, the things that you and your family loved about living in that house, that can go a long way to a prospective tenant as they're reading through listings. It can set yours apart. Totally. Though I will say, don't discount American Homes or well, like what's the other big one? Invitation uh, Homes. Invitation, that's one. So literally, that's one uh, that was listing a house in our neighborhood. And the folks that live there now, because it's such a big player, they were able to s- snag a really dang good yeah. rate, uh, basically a discounted amount, because you just, you just they not. didn't know what that house was worth. And so, I don't know. Simultaneously, I understand folks who don't want to deal with some of the bigger players, but I literally asked her uh, a few weeks ago, I was just like, hey, by the way, how's it been working with Invitation? And she's like, it's been fine. It's, okay. been, it's been totally fine. So, I've seen a lot of horror stories, too. I know. Well, that's <laughs> what you hear about. But that being said, I don't know. Maybe there's the uh, diamond, <laughs> diamond in the rough. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Yeah, how it is that you present the home. Though, I will say, make sure that you don't run afoul of the protected classes in the Fair Housing Act. Because what you don't want to say when you're listening that... Because, yes, you want to kind of be like a tour guide, right? Like, you want to be like, oh... And by the way, there's a coffee shop right there. Imagine waking up Saturday mornings and, and walking to the local coffee shop, yeah. sitting on the porch swing. That's on the like. That's the kind of image that you want to paint. But what you don't want to say is, "Oh, this is a home that's going to be perfect for a young family," because guess what? Familial status that is a protected class. And so you might think, "Well, I'm a decent person. I'm not going to discriminate against somebody." But it's something that you might do accidentally. Sure. And familial status is one that really 
caught me by surprise, like in the early days, because I was thinking, oh, well, this would make a great house for a family. <laughs> it took <laughs> me a couple years of landlording to realize that that was an issue. you can't say that. Yeah. yeah, you can't say, oh, no kids allowed in this house. No, you can't discriminate uh, when it comes to You can to say no dogs, but familial not, status. not no kids. Exactly. Yeah, there's <laughs> a difference between pets and kids. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to this specific amount of listing that property, I... I, I'm of the belief that Zillow has kind of become this one-stop shop for landlords. They make it easy to list your property and to syndicate to a bunch of other sites like hot pads and stuff like that. I would say it can't hurt to stick a, a sign in the yard as well and put that listing on Facebook. Oh, see, I disagree with the, the yard sign. Well, I, so Facebook, I'm for, but the yard sign... Anytime, or I used to do that, and you always end up with a bunch of folks calling you or texting you, and they don't know anything about the house, and I feel like I've never gotten the a, serious, one thing is, a serious oh, lead. The, the one thing, and by Facebook, I actually think that the neighborhood Facebook groups are better oh, yeah. than just listing in- oh, like uh, a marketplace. Yeah, yeah, than just listing on marketplace. You're getting a lot, a lot of scams that way. But I think it alerts your neighbors, and they might have friends in the area who are looking. That's true. And so you're right. You're probably going to get some bogus leads and some bogus phone calls, but you're also probably going to get neighbors who maybe reach out to you directly and say, hey, wait a second, my cousin's moving down, and she's looking for a place to live or whatever. And so maybe you get the hook, hook up that way. They have Best case scenario, you've got the number of the folks who live all around- yeah. And you can let them know, and then they're actively reaching out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but when it comes to Zillow, like, I mean, this is how I find tenants these days. Yep. Uh, I, I, I basically it's stick best. it on there. It syndicates to all these other places, and it's really easy for tenants to apply, to submit their pay stubs, for you to, to see their credit history, all that in one place. It's 100% free for landlords. I think for a while, they flirted with charging like 10 bucks for a listing, and even still, I was more than happy to pay it because... It saved me a lot of time and hassle and energy finding good tenants, but now it's it's free again. And so, yeah, if you're like, where do I go to find good tenants? I, I think tossing it up uh, on the Zillow rental manager, that's the easiest way to go. Yeah. My smart move was a site that we used to, so, which is owned by TransUnion, by the way. But that was a site that we used to enjoy using. But honestly, the Zillow rental manager makes it so easy. It, it kind of made my smart move irrelevant. It truly did. But that being said, don't forget to actually follow through with some of their references, whether it's like their previous landlord or when it comes to verifying their income, because like Zillow isn't going to do the heavy lifting for you. It's going to basically the data that they have is the data that the potential tenant enters in. Mm -hmm. And if you just see it and it says like they put a big 10x rent amount and income every single month. <laughs> and if you see that, you might think, oh, sweet, this is going to be a perfect, uh, a great renter. But do they actually still work for that employer? Yeah. <laughs> and have you called their previous landlord and just talked with them? I think that that goes a really long way, like asking them specific questions like, did they pay rent on time or did you have any repairs or any maintenance that was very expensive because yeah. of that renter? Would you rent to them again? Yeah. Well, so what's funny, like that used to be a question I asked a bunch, but I feel like I don't ask that anymore because I feel like it's too subjective. Like it comes down to the individual because let's imagine that person has a bunch of rentals and they're all, let's just say that they're all crummy rentals. They're not take, well taken care of. And this person relative to the rest of them, oh, this person's great. They pay mostly on time or even on the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's say somebody has only the very finest, best tenants possible and maybe they're late like one time and yeah. they would say, oh, never again would I rent to them. And they didn't have a pet poodle, so. <laughs> exactly. So like in my mind, that's less of an objective measure. And so literally asking have they always paid on time and basically repairs? Yeah. Like, was there outsized maintenance cost because well, more of, of the of objective them. metrics? 
yeah. many as possible from the landlord. Do they pay on time every every month? Or oh no, they exactly. were a couple of days late once or twice, but that's you know, and they, then you can make a decision based on yeah. some of those hard facts. Uh, yeah, because of that, like I used to ask, hey, would you rent to them again? I used to ask that all the time, but then I realized, man, you, I think you and I might have different opinions whether good or bad <laughs> as to what makes a good tenant yeah yeah uh, well I so think those are good questions we're, to ask we're basically talking about holistic information gathering right and so totally. part of that is the stuff that that uh, zilla will help you gather a lot of that is stuff you need to double check and also other information that you need to gather in order to screen a tenant effectively and matt you and i've talked about how it's like the most important step i think the second most important step the, the the most important step is having a home that you feel proud to rent that you would live in yourself or at least former you maybe like okay wait this is a three two and so now i'm you know I've got 18 kids, and so I'm, I'm not going to live in the 3-2 anymore. But is it a home that you're like, oh, I think I would live in that. It's clean. It's good location, blah, 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 blah. Like Then I think th- the next step is vetting tenants thoroughly because that is totally. what that is what why so many people end up saying oh landlording's not for me i've just heard so many horror stories even from from good people who are just subpar landlords right um who who just miss a couple of these steps and they end up running to people who put them through hell and who like uh trash their apartment Dash and stuff all like that. of their landlording dreams yeah <laughs> and, and i'm not i think even for someone who screens tenants effectively there are issues that arise i have had my own tenant issues but nothing nearly as extreme as what I've heard other people who've been in, in it for a long time that don't go through the same things I go through. Like, I haven't had nearly as bad of an experience as some of those folks. It's definitely been worth it. Um, and I think it's a great way to build wealth over time. So mad props to Joe for kind of going through this process. Uh, there, there, I think there's so much more we can say, too, about rental property investing, but we'll leave it there for <laughs> for today. Uh, you've already dipped your toes in the water, Joe. Now's the time to kind of continue to grow that rental property portfolio wisely and your family as well, man. So Congrats to you guys. Congrats on the new baby. But man, we've got more to get to. Uh, we're going to share our thoughts on maybe some affordable ways to celebrate the holidays with loved ones. We'll get to that plus more right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava. 
dot com slash how to money. That's spelled K A C H A V A and get ten percent off your first order. That's K A C H A V A dot com slash how to money. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, man, we got a couple more questions to get to on this Friday flight. This, uh, these ones come from Facebook because... We got a great, uh, robust community there in yeah. on the How to Money Facebook page. Uh, 11,000 people strong. If you're not a member yet and you're on Facebook, well, you're missing out on one of the highlights of being on Facebook. Actually, I don't know that there are many good things about being on Facebook besides the How to Money Facebook page. I, uh, it's a cesspool. But um, yeah, this one, this <laughs> this question comes from Weston, who's uh, named after your son, I believe, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I saw this one. I was like, yeah. oh, I like his name. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and, he, and he said, I want to ask a pretty standard question. I'm 28 years old. I've started saving up for a down payment on a house. I've stopped contributing to my Roth IRA in order to save up faster. Should I restart contributions with the goal of maxing out my Roth IRA again and just accept that it'll take me twice as long to build up my down payment, roughly four years? Or do I wait to restart IRA investments until I have a down payment saved, roughly two years time. I'm working with a single income of $60,000 a year. I'm still getting my company Roth 401k match. Thank you for any insights you can provide. Nice. Okay. Well, so I'll kick it off by saying Weston, it sounds like you are doing great and I'm glad to hear that it does not sound like you're willing to give up that 401k match from yeah. your employer. That's incredibly important. Yeah, even to save up for a down payment, it's like, no, no. Yeah, that's that free money that be you too far. never want to say no to. But what about the Roth IRA? Should you prioritize investing more or saving for that down payment? And to be honest, man, this is a tough question. It's it's truly a personal one. Like, I think you, you could go either way and be making a solid, solid decision. Which one, though, is going to actually lead to better financial health? It's hard to know without knowing your specifics and knowing your motivations. But that being said, like, since you are investing, right, like you are at least getting that employer match. Personally, I would be comfortable hitting pause on some of the other accounts uh, where you would be investing additional dollars if something like purchasing a home would be a goal of yours. Yeah. I mean, that, and I say that because that's something that I personally did as well. And I feel like in retrospect is when you can look back and say, was that a smart decision or not? And in retrospect, had the market gone up or down, regardless of whether or not we're talking about housing or the market, I think the decision that we made was the right decision for us. It's not just about saving for the future. That's when we mentioned the cliche that personal finance is personal, Matt, <laughs> right? And it's true. It is true. Like it's a cliche and it sounds silly, but it is also true that there's an aspect to what well, definitely don't 
screw this up or definitely don't take on credit card uh, credit card debt or definitely don't pass up on the free money to your 401k but then there are other there are shades of gray and there's nuance right in personal finances and this is one of those one of those areas where there's just a lot of it going on and i think it's probably important weston maybe to ask yourself a few questions maybe those questions can actually highlight your answer to this question and so i would say maybe ask yourself like why do you want to buy a home is it because you think it's a great financial decision because the truth is it probably isn't compared to investing in the market via That's a Roth true. IRA, right? So That's if you're what the like, data shows. Yeah. So if you're like if you're saying, I'm gonna I gotta buy a home because this is this is it's been you know drilled into me since childhood that this is the right financial move. Well, it's not going to typically lead to higher returns for you. Granted, these past few years we've seen a skyrocketing home prices and so you maybe feel left out, but that is not a typical housing market. So I would say if that's your reasoning, lean lean in the Roth IRA direction. And then maybe another question, is it is it to buy a place that you can make your own in order to put down roots for 10 plus years? Is If it's about community and staying put and investing in a, a lo- locale, then buying a home could be a killer yeah. lifestyle move for you. And it's unlikely to be a financially stupid move as well. So getting to the bottom of kind of the motivation behind your timeline and why you're trying to go in this direction, nothing wrong with buying a home. It can be great. Typically, if you're looking for just you know best uh, ROI, then buying a home isn't the best move. But it's also it, it's also a forced method of savings for so many people. Yeah, so, that's yeah. why it's like the number one asset for most Americans mm-hmm. is because it's something that they have to pay towards. Not because it's the best investment, month. because it's the one most people it's make. It's the one and, they actually do. And they don't actually invest in many other ways. Well, I, I think Weston should consider the market dynamics of where he lives as well. And so, Weston, like if you're in San Jose, California, for instance, well, renting is going to be a better financial move than buying for almost everyone out there because the gap between rents and a monthly mortgage amount is insane out there. But let's say you are in Montgomery, Alabama. Well, buying is going to be a much easier decision. (laughs) Uh, It actually turns out, so Weston, he's in Salt Lake City, which is surprising. Well, I don't want to say surprising, but they're experiencing a bit of a renaissance. And so I'm not surprised. Are you not? It's a beautiful I've never been out there before. Okay. Based on what I've seen, the the data shows that the difference out there in Salt Lake City in your your market rent versus what you could be paying towards a mortgage is pretty significant. It's something like $3,000 a month in mortgage costs versus $1,600-ish in rent for so a we're typical... median amount for both for those, For a median right? amount, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then not to mention the additional cost of owning a home, you've got to factor that in as well. You've got not only maintenance costs, but then typically when you buy a place, you're looking to outfit it, make it look... Maybe a little bit better than the old apartment used to to be. Or so, just the water heater goes kaput, and boom, you got to <laughs> yes. replace it. So we're not trying to shoot it down, shoot down the idea of you buying a home, but this is all important data to keep in mind as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the the New York Times actually has this killer calculator where you can put a bunch of info, uh, specific information about your market, your situation. And I would check that calculator out because I think it, it can at least help provide some more data to inform yep. you on your, on your decision moving forward. And for everyone else out there who doesn't, live in Salt Lake City. Yeah, exactly. Or Montgomery, Alabama. Right. Or San Jose. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I don't I don't necessarily want to give a cop out answer here, but maybe, just maybe you go the fifty fifty route, right? You stick three thousand bucks in your Roth IRA each year, you add the rest to your down payment fund, your your savings account, uh, saving up for that eventual home purchase. That way you're getting closer to your home ownership goal, but you're also not missing out on years of investing in one of the absolute best retirement accounts that, that Matt and I love. And by the way, you can always pull out contributions from that Roth for the home purchase, for that down payment. It's it's not smart to bank on that, given your timeline. Like, like 
you don't want to invest that money and then in two years time have less money than you started off with that's not ideal right but just to know that you can pull some of that money out if like the perfect situation comes along it, i think should provide some peace of mind as well yeah that's a way to have your cake and eat it as well i feel like that's something that's how i would approach it if yeah. i were you a little hybrid Western. action yeah uh all right let's get to our last one this was from marla and she says that the holiday season is upon us i'm starting to think through gifts I'd love to start incorporating more non-traditional gifts like experiences, donations, homemade gifts, or gifts with sentimental value. Basically, I'm sick of giving people more meaningless stuff. All of my siblings are adults in their 20s and 30s, and my parents are empty nesters who are downsizing. Uh, ideas is what she asked for. Um, so take a page out of Matt's book, Take uh, get headshots made of yourself, and get wallet-sized photos printed, and then hand them out to everybody you love. It would be novel at the very, <laughs> at the very least. But <laughs> what are you in kindergarten? I do like this goal because, like, when you're an adult, like we pretty much we buy our needs, we buy our wants, and those gifts that come in this time of year, they might or might not be something that we're thrilled to receive. And then on top of that, as the gift giver, we end up spending more than we should. We end up stressing ourselves out in an attempt to buy that perfect gift. And I think that kind of effort might be warranted for somebody like your significant other, but like someone yeah. who you really, really love. Well, I'm sure you really love all your family members, but somebody who you're closer with. But it's probably not the case for just dozens of family members. It feels if you like sleep in the same bed with them, you might want to stress out a yes, little more. Yes, exactly. In that case, put forth a little more effort. And oh, well, it's not even about, unless it's your dog who sleeps. In your it's bed not about with you. effort. The fact is, you just you just know more about someone like your spouse or your partner, your significant other, your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're going to know more about them and what it is that they want and what they need as opposed to more distant family members. It's yeah. just the reality of the limited time that we have. It's difficult to find the absolute perfect gift for all of those folks. Our cats sleep in our bed. They uh, they curl up with Emily. I don't know how y'all do that. It's really... I, well, I don't. They don't curl up with me. They curl <laughs> up with Emily. Uh, we got a king size. There's plenty of room, but like they just like... They're all up on her, like white on rice. Still, even though they sleep in our bed, we're not getting them any. Sorry. Sorry, kitties. Well, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think coming to a creative solution makes more sense, right? It, I'm not sure if your family lives close by Marla, but you know our thing for a number of years was to buy someone like a local experience. So this was like a siblings and their spouse sort of gift. And so whether that was a gift card to a restaurant they'd never been to or tickets to a play or a sporting event, but it was like, hey, uh, take advantage of this cool local thing that you might not otherwise do, but we're going to, as a Christmas gift, like incentivize you to go take advantage of this cool local happening. And uh, now we just have a sibling dinner where we all get together one night in December. I love that. And, yeah, it's like time together without anyone having to host or clean up. That That's kind of what we've decided on is best, but this like location where that makes great cocktails or something like that that's that feels like the best approach for us and that's something we settled on it's like we pay our own way mm -hmm. but we 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 prioritize kind of time together that we otherwise normally don't get in in that way yeah i like that a lot because what you're doing is prior prioritizing relationship as opposed to consumption which is i i think can be the i don't know like the biggest factor when it comes to feeling like you're receiving or giving sort of meaningless gifts we but... are consuming cocktails and food <laughs> Food and drink. That's necessary, yeah. man. Uh, I wanted to share a few other mentions there in the Facebook group. But Kane, he mentioned that the fam is renting a house together. I feel like that is similar to what it is that y'all do. Where yeah, we do that too. We're all getting together. You're kind of renting a space together. You're basically spending on quality time together. That's actually something we did for my parents last Christmas. We were like, oh, yeah? what do we get them? They've got everything. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, let's just buy a long weekend in the mountains and at this cabin. Oh. It was like perfect. Might have to take a page out of y'all's book for, uh, for, for some. <laughs> and we all got to enjoy it, <laughs> man. 
Good folks this year. But another one, me- uh, Megan, she mentioned cocktail ingredients with a recipe attached. This is something that we've done uh, where we've passed it out to neighbors before. We've done cocktail ingredients before. We've done like a spice blend, like a spice mix. Nice. Uh, Haven't had- you done like homemade bitters before too? We've done a lot of these more kind of DIY, homemade, uh, handcrafted sort of gifts. <laughs> what are your thoughts on people passing out like cookies, like baked goods? Uh, oh, I'm all about pies, that. cakes. <laughs> are you? If you bring me cookies, I, I, I'll, I'll eat them. Isn't that the food equivalent of chotskis that people are just giving without even thinking about it? That's how good you are at <laughs> <laughs> making cookies, I guess. <laughs> because, it's, okay, I don't want to sound like a Grinch or anything like that, but it's the fact that you re- are receiving all of these sweets and baked goods and cookies all at the same time. And for somebody like me who hates seeing food go to waste, I find myself eating <laughs> all of these sweets and... A cookie, it's not providing you much nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I always find myself just feeling terrible around the holidays because I'm eating all of this stuff as opposed to what I need to do. Truly, just stick it in the freezer. I get, the problem is you keep it on the sh- uh, on the counter. It starts getting a little bit old. And at that point, you feel like you can't put it in the freezer. Yeah. And so you go ahead and just like, in my case, I just down it and <laughs> consume it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think if that's your love language, if like you're great at making... I'm, Cookies. 100%. No, hey, I mean, bring them to my doorstep. Yep, I think I, it's I think it's great. And I don't have the same qualms Matt does. <laughs> <laughs> I will consume your cookies. It's a great. It just fosters community as well. Because I don't CrossFit like you. I want folks going door to door like that and yeah. uh, entering into each other's lives. Yeah, more, you got to so. carol and sing me a song when you drop them out. Yeah, do it. Or, or I won't accept them. Yeah, love actually style. <laughs> well, uh, Amy on the Facebook group, she said the white elephant. Obviously, that's a classic. Instead of, and obviously, you can get something around your house, right? That's already kind of goofy, maybe unopened or something like that. Uh, we've actually got like a small box of white elephant gifts that we reuse every year, so that can be a great thing. No need to buy anything, but it adds a lot of fun, uh, fun element to the holiday vibes. Jessica said an escape room hang is like what she does with her family. And I was like, I've never done an escape room, but maybe I need to do that with my family. Maybe it's a bonding experience. Uh, <laughs> and she also said an ornament exchange. I thought that was cool. Maybe you yeah, hand make an ornament or something like that. And then Amanda, she mentioned a museum membership. And I think memberships are actually a killer gift. Oh, uh, 100%. We've done, my parents, uh, or my grandma usually does that for, for our family every year. It's like, whether it's the botanical gardens or it's the zoo or the high museum of art or something like that. It's always, every year, it's a re- different membership. And so we get to like go to that four or five times over the course of the year we get our money's worth or my grandma's money's worth and it's just it's one of the best gifts that we get excited about about opening it doesn't add any clutter but it gives mm-hmm. our family a lot of experience it's, uh, it's, experiential joy totally and not only for kids like it's certainly great for kids but even folks out there who don't have kids it's just a great like affordable way once you have that membership you can go as many times as you want oh yeah and you're not feeling sucked into say oh let's go down and see the dumb movie that's in the theater because why not well maybe instead you could go do this other thing that has already been paid for yeah yeah exactly (laughs) good cost saving measure as well but uh you know uh some donations like uh donating to a charitable organization that's something that some extended family actually used to do as well was it what was the micro loan organization kiva uh that sounds right was it kiva loans or Uh something like that for a while there we were doing those where we were like hey you just gifted this family a <laughs> three, cow. Three goats. <laughs> or three goats, exactly. Yeah. Or the capital that they need to start up this small business. I think that can be another way to not only 
do good in the world and not only not consume, but finding a way to tie that to whatever it is that maybe your loved one is interested in, yeah. like what they have the what they have interests and in could go I a love, long way. I love goats as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the beer that you and I enjoy. This was a Green Flowers by Other Half. This one was donated to the show by Jason. Like I mentioned before, it's a double dry hopped West Coast IPA. What were your thoughts? Okay, so this one almost felt like a combo between a Hoppy Pills and a West Coast IPA. Oh, yeah. Because it almost had like this this cleanish vibe in the beginning. So clean. Yeah. So grassy. Yes. It was like a super, like it, it, like what I wrote down was that it almost had uh, like fresh hop IPA 100%. vibes going on. Because green flowers doesn't hurt as well because it just makes you the think. You're, you're imagining. Super fresh. Yeah, you're imagining those hops mm-hmm. growing on the vine, just freshly picked. And it has that fresh hop vibe. But it also, it has some of that west coast bitter bitterness without being over the top like just that touch of west coast ipa bitterness not the full mouthfeel juicy vibe that you get from the typical yeah, other not, half ipa not overly pithy not overly piney yeah. very green these guys are not known for west coast ipas and west coast ipas are not typically my jam but if they if more of them tasted like this i would drink them more frequently i would be all about i loved it as well yeah glad you and i got to enjoy this one we'll make sure to link to some of the different resources, whether it's Projection Lab, that online calculator, or Lily, which was the the best business checking account that we've come across. We'll Mm -hmm. link to all that in our show notes for this episode up at howtomoney.com. No doubt. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.